that bass drops in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you were one of our geeks and sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run, making your life better. We're gonna we're gonna help. The only way we know how by filling your ear holes with gaming goodness for 90 plus minutes because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week, Brooklinen and Quip. They bring the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who, like me, is just sick and tired of having to address real-world violence and tragedy before we do one of these. Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. And yes, um, everyone here from the show, we send our um, most heartfelt condolences to um, everyone in New Zealand and all of those who lost friends and loved ones and and Muslims around the world as well. Uh, yep. Hatred against one of us is hatred against all of us. And um, there's a great I mean, I wish it didn't have to exist, but there's a great post in our subreddit um, kind of talking about um, the world that we can help build. And as these horrible experiences happen and the things that we can do to put good into the world and um you know, we need to keep doing that and, and not accept hate, not accept it, not to let, not let it be normal and, um, keep spreading love, uh, everywhere and anywhere. Yeah. Well said. It sucks, man. It sucks to do uh, a show, you know, th- this particular tragedy has tendrils in the video game community and the hobby. And, um, you know, we're going to do a show, One of the big games we're talking about is a game where the fun is dressing up in paramilitary outfits and shooting a bunch of people. And that's a hard thing to reconcile for me, to get all excited about this hobby that I love and these flights of fancy, these escapist games that are violent and realistic. Um, And to be able to have fun with that when, when these kind of horrors are happening in the real world with I, I, I don't know how to reconcile that. And I, I don't know how to start the show without acknowledging that we are going to have fun. Uh, that's the purpose of doing this show is to have a good time and to celebrate the joy and the community and the togetherness that you can find in a, in common play. And um, I, I, I don't know how to reconcile it. It's a hard, hard thing. And I wish the world wasn't like this, but I think you're right, Christian, that it's important to uh, put love in the world and reinforce that. And that's what we try to do every week. So again, you know, it's not about us. It's, it's a, it's about the horrible um, state of affairs in the world and the, and the, and the people that are going through it. Um, Your heart goes out to them, but I, it's part of me is like, how do you even talk about video games? But we will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The good news is we have a good, a good, guest to do this with and we're going to persevere and we're going to have a good time um you know that dlc always stands for your downloadable canada and your downloadable christian but this week oh man i'm excited because dlc stands for 
devouring lots of content because from the I Eat Games YouTube channel and Twitch stream, our friend Mark DeSanto is back with us again. Hey, Mark. What's up, guys? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We are recording this on Sunday, and that's yeah. I, I guess that's the other um, a strange bit about this particular episode is that likely when you're listening to this, there has been some titanic news <laughs> that we're not going to talk about yeah. because uh, we ha- it hasn't happened in our world yet. Um, yep. GDC starts next week, and it's going to be there's going to be tons of stuff. I mean, Google is going to be showing off their new streaming service, and I think Oculus is debuting a new headset. There's lots of cool stuff. We'll be all talking about lots of that next week. I'm going to GDC, so I'll have some bonus content interviews and stuff for you as well. Oh, that um, reminds me real quick. I know yeah. I talked about it last week about a bonus content interview with one of the composers of Devil May Cry 5. Um, because of reasons, uh, we're not able to publish that right now. Uh, hopefully, maybe we can. There's some good stuff in there. But just FYI, I know I teased it. It was a great conversation, but um, the world is bigger than a conversation a, sometimes. Don't keep saying it was a great conversation and you can't hear it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest, you know, I'm just, yeah. it was amazing and you'll never It was never amazing and two people had it and those only those two people will ever know. Yeah, sometimes that's life, you know, it's just, uh, you I enjoy them it. wanting more. Yeah. 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 Leave them wanting any, any, I think is the, leave them wanting some. <laughs> um, it was so good. Um, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> but yes, uh, yes. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And uh, let's, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about happy stuff, but it is, it is hard sometimes. Uh, let's, is. yeah, yeah. But anyway, welcome, Mark. I'm sorry to thank you. Have yes. you on in a, a, you know, tough week? But no, no. It's it's been a tough week. But I think I see the show notes. I think we got a lot of fun, cool things to talk about. So let's start um, it off. Yeah, let's do the it. We always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit, that is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Positivity hanging out in there, that's for sure. It's a great group of people, uh, and I'm, I'm proud of that community. So uh, if you're curious, check it out. Some fun, fun folks hanging out over there. Uh, Mark, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? All right. Well, lots of good, lots of good, interesting news this week. But the one that gets me uh, the most excited is that uh, Hello Games is going to grace us with more content, and it's going to be free, which is kind of amazing. Because I thought that the last bit of content, uh, what was it, No Man's Sky Next, that chunk of DLC, I thought that was it. I thought... I thought Sean was basically hinting that, that we were not getting any more stuff. And th- that was sort of like all they were going to do that was free. But um, man, it's it's kind of amazing that they're going to be giving this out. Because uh, for those that don't know, this game came out August 9th, 2016. Yeah. And yeah, a world it, ago. <laughs> I mean, it's that's a lo- that's a long time in video game terms, especially with like free content, you know, that's coming out. Um but this also tells me that this game sold better than maybe anybody expected. I mean, I we don't really know the numbers, right? Yeah, I think, I, I, boy, it seems like they touted it when it launched as having a big launch. And I seem to remember numbers, although I don't have them in front of me. Yeah, uh, you don't yeah, think 2016 it, launch numbers, Jeff? Come on, let me, let me <laughs> look them up real quick. <laughs> uh, well, yes. I feel like, I'm sorry, um, 
just to finish this thought real quick, I feel like it is a game though that continues to either sell or I think I remember Hello Games kind of saying every time we release content, we just have a ton of people who come back and they all play for a long period of time. Like people don't just come in and play for like an hour or two. People play for like four, six hours in their game and they can track that stuff. So I think that's what's got to be driving this this free stuff, right? Plus with the guilt, maybe of <laughs> what guilt. happened with launch. That's interesting. Yeah. It, um, so No Man's Sky is getting a big, huge update that is uh, evidently going to be three-pronged. We only know what one of the prongs is so far. This uh, this update is going to be called No Man's Sky Beyond. It will be released this summer. And uh, No Man's Sky Next, the last previous huge update to No Man's Sky, introduced actual multiplayer. You know, before No Man's Sky was touted as being this infinite, expanse of space that uh, yes technically you were all in but you would never be able to run into each other because it's so big and then they decided oh you know people actually want to play with their friends so they introduced some multiplayer features but they were sort of bare bones you didn't you know didn't have the kinds of things you expect from a multiplayer experience like friends lists and stuff like that it sounds like beyond is going to include more of that stuff. Although they didn't enumerate exactly what that would be. Uh, it does sound like that's more along the lines of what you'll see in this next update. Uh, the quote from Sean Murray is it includes a radical new social and multiplayer experience, which empowers players everywhere in the universe to meet and play together. Uh, I don't know how radical that might be, but inline uh, skates able- for everybody. You know? <laughs> it's totally radical. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if uh, it's radical to be able to just find your friend and play with them. I think it's radical for maybe 1998, but uh, but it's still, it's cool for this, radical for this game, perhaps. Uh, we don't know what the other two main components of this update are, but uh, he claims that this is going to be comparable in size and scope to the next one that they had. Which was the last was one. The previous one. <laughs> it's confusing. Uh, that, was, that was some beefy update, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is, you know, I think it's going to be another huge update. And they say, you know, a lot of people, it says beyond, this is a quote, beyond will be our most ambitious chapter so far and something we've been working Hmm. ridiculously hard on. We'll continue to support No Man's Sky in this way for the foreseeable future. So they say, you know, people thought that next was the end, as as you said, you did, Mark. And it seemed like, you know, that was like their swan song of like, okay, peace out. Which would have been fine, by the way. I mean, yeah. yeah, that game's just had a ton of stuff coming out for it, and I feel like they've kind of made up. I mean, not completely, but I mean, it's there's been a lot of stuff added to it. Um, I'm kind of curious what your guys' relationship is with this game, because I don't, I don't remember. Well, Christian never left his home planet. Are you serious? Why That's would I awesome. leave? It was beautiful. <laughs> really? But have you played it recently with like the, the base building and stuff like that, or was that? No, I, I know I should go back. I know people love it, but I am not one of these people Mr. Murray talks about that has gone back. Every time I'm like, yeah, and then I'll update it. I, you know, I'll go through that process, but right. I never actually sit down and spend time with it. And I think it's the shiny new thing keeps distracting me instead of going back to the shiny new old thing. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. And you're not okay. really, I would qualify you Christian as a never get a second chance to make a first impression kind of guy, right? Cause you, you had a, an experience with destiny, for example, as a game that really won you back. And I feel like there are other games where at first you weren't sold and then you were with later updates. So it's not, it's not that that is the case, right? 
Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I am playing Destiny 2 again more now. Um, I don't know if the things they've added, I guess, for me specifically, having just read about them and watched some uh, stuff online, are feedback loops that seem enticing to me. Okay, right. that's fair. I mean, yeah, it is definitely like sort of a podcast game where you just listen to something and you're playing it. Um, it kind of zone out and play e- it, yeah. E- yeah, I mean the loop can be a little banal at times, but how do you? So, but does this interest you at all, Christian, with the the integration of like a a bigger, broader social hooks? Like, is that something that interests you at all? Or- Short answer, no. Longer answer, if like Jeff and you and you know a couple of friends are like, hey, we're going to make this our game, then yeah. The other part of that though equation is that. I can only do that like one day a week. <laughs> it's like, we'll talk about yeah. the division later where it's like, when I do have friends that squad together, they all seem to have more time to play than I do. <laughs> exactly. So I never yeah. want to hold that group back. There's a weird dynamic of uh, uh, limited popularity within friends, but then not enough popularity <laughs> to jump yep. in with the huge group. And I feel like that, that holds me back. Jeff, did you ever dive uh, back into no man's Sky? I didn't No. Um, and I don't know why I, I'm rooting for this game. I think it's an extraordinary story. I think it's it's really cool that they are piecemealing it into something that is much more akin to what I would have, I think, loved if this is what it was at the beginning. I mean, they're they're backing themselves into it, which maybe is why I sort of am not enthusiastic because it doesn't feel like uh, – you know, I, I feel like there are a few games that are on the horizon that are really – trying to be that from the outset, mm. you know? Uh, and this, the fact that they're sort of piecemealing it into existence is admirable from my perspective, but also kind of has a little bit of a taint of uh, inauthenticity to it, which is kind of unfair, mm. I, I admit, but it feels like, well, this isn't really the game. This game wasn't always this, right? So it, it doesn't right. feel like maybe it is as cohesive as it might be, but I haven't really given it a second and third chance and I also love the story of it. I love the idea that these guys are still working on this thing and it's really becoming something bigger and grander and, and more appealing. It's yeah. it's a cool story. And what a wildly yeah. different approach to a game as service or, you know, updating game where all of the stuff has been free. You look at other games yeah. that have come out around the same time as No Man's Sky or, or since and how they've handled big updates. And they're usually 20 to $40 expansion passes right with other microtransactions yeah. built into it sean said uh for this that there aren't going to be microtransaction it, it uh we don't consider it to be an mmo there won't be subscription there won't be microtransactions like this is all just free stuff that they keep adding value to this game and the game can often be found for much cheaper than it was when it launched I mean, it, it's. Uh, I think it's a testament to another business strategy that seems to be, you know, doing well for them. So maybe more companies well, will look to this. But they are also a small, lean team. Sure, you know, they are. This is not the size and scope of a division two, for example. Um, oh yeah, no. Yeah, you know, these are just a few, few guys and algorithms. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, and kudos to them for making that work. Yeah, exactly. And I, I yeah, it, it is. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, it is worth mentioning that uh, not only are the updates free, there are like no microtransactions in this game. There's no like suits that you can buy. Um, it's just the game. You know, you yeah. buy the game and that's it. And then you get all this stuff. Um, I don't know if they still feel like they're still kind of making amends 
for everything that's happened. But they did remember during the lead up. I'm not quite sure how you guys felt leading up to the game, but I was really excited for this game. I mean, that whole that whole like hop into your ship and just fly out through the atmosphere right in the space. No load screens. I was like, I am in that. That is so rad. That looks well, like so much that. Fun. And they did. They yeah. yeah, right. And so I was just like, I just want to explore planets. But like Christian uh, said, it's the, the, the gameplay loop got a little stale. Yeah. But what? But this game, I mean, this next update is actually like the, the least interesting update for me. Because I, to me, this game is like a solo sort of lonely experience traveling from destination to destination. And there are aliens in the game that you can talk to. And learning languages and stuff is a part of the game. Um, picking up letters and words here and there so you can communicate with them. Right. But it is mostly you traveling around by yourself, grabbing stuff. And there is uh, there's something about that experience, which is uh, it, it's appealing because it's it's what's going to be around the next corner. And it's just me and the suit and the ship. And we're exploring. So I don't. I, well, you don't I'm, know. You don't know what the next two prongs are. Those that, they'll address right. later. So it sounds like this multiplayer element is only one of a a, a larger update. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping one of those prongs is VR. I'm ready for. Oh this my god, that would be so good. VR. Oh, that uh, would be so good. But I've been predicting that since 2016. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me. Okay. Well, that that leads me to uh, uh, Christian. Let me ask you this then: Is there anything? Um, no that could bring you into the game. Like what would this game need for you to go? Okay. Uh, not, I'm going to try it. Not no. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to be dismissive, but I just like uh, more planets. Cause I've only seen one. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, at this point I'm, I am becoming very comfortable in the types of games that I like and that I enjoy and the, the chance of this game. So here's one. What I it would need to add is skill-based platforming. And, and that <laughs> in a 2D in a 2D environment that has hand-drawn animation. A Celeste 2 planet or an Uncharted 5 <laughs> planet. Um Wow. Okay. There's just nothing but you land on the planet and there's just nothing but Nathan Drake's running around. I'm on board. Uh, All right. Well, uh, remains to be seen what the rest of uh, the update is going to be, but it's pretty cool. And I, I agree. This is a big story, and, and it's awesome that Hello Games is continuing to support this title. Yes. And uh, I, I, I'm rooting for it. It's, it's a weird thing to say that like it hasn't really been persuasive to me personally, but I sort of hope yeah. that it is for others. And it seems to be. They keep saying, as you pointed out, Mark, that each of these updates brings in a whole new crop of gamers. So that's great. Can I add one small thing? One, one small thing that I'm hoping for for this game. Just so I can get it on record. <laughs> I'm hoping that I don't know how they would do it because I think it's a technical limitation, but maybe I'm hoping we get like bigger mountains and deeper valleys and bigger, lusher like forests because mm. it, it doesn't every planet seems to be there. There are peaks and valleys, but nothing like a big, nothing huge drastic. Ma- right. Like I, you have to, I really need to fly around this mountain. I mean, mm. you, you want to free solo something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yes. Yeah, yeah I that's you. what I want. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, larger range of, of that. that's one of the big things about algorithm-based stuff is there often is no there there for me. It's like, yeah. well, why, why am I searching for this if I'm just going to see a variation on a theme? And uh, I love, you know, the Bethesda approach of, you know, cra- handcrafted everything and some artist decided to tell a little story by putting a, you know, a paper cup in the corner because of that, you know, so yeah, I, yeah. totally, I, I totally agree. get it. 
Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? Well, before I say my story of the week, I just want to say that I'm 100% certain that um, Sony is buying um, <laughs> Rare. Um, so I, thought, <laughs> I wanted to say that. I'm totally sure of it. Good, good. Um, good acquisition. I'm, I'm quoting. Yeah, you, should, uh, you should make that declaration in our show so that we can affect the stock price. And then everyone will – we have a massive amount of downloads for this episode because it will uh, influence the industry and uh, – yeah, all, all it takes is someone saying it, right, Christian? Well, you want to know? I don't, quoting, I don't see any complications there. Yeah, no, I got it straight for uh, 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 when we talked. So um, it's it's you broke up there a little bit. You kind of broke up. Who 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 did you talk to? Oh, it was uh, uh, when we talked last week. Pizza the Hut. Who? Yeah. So um, my story though is continuing the theme of No Man's Sky getting updates. Another game that continues to get updates that. Is also, I think, maybe developers making good. Um, the Halo Master Chief Collection, they had their big um, coming out party, their pizza party, <laughs> if you will, on the last Inside Xbox. It is coming to PC, starting with Halo Reach, which is uh, the last slice, so to speak, that Halo fans have been looking for. And Reach is also going to be coming to the Xbox One version um, as a premium download. What I think is really smart about this, though, is that the multiplayer will be coming for everybody for free on Xbox One. So they always keep the important part of the Master Chief Collection was keeping those um, multiplayer communities together, having all the content so they weren't further splintering them with um, add-ons and map packs and stuff like that. And then like ODST, it, it seems, you know, there's the the way to purchase Reach to have it included in Master Chief Collection. Or if you are a Game Pass subscriber, it is part of that as well. So that's included in your Game Pass subscription. And then on PC, they're releasing all of these games piecemeal. And they kind of said going in order of story, not order of release. So in that instance, Halo reaches first and then Combat Evolved 2, 3, 4. Um, I think this is awesome. I think Master Chief Collection was pretty incredible when it came out. Um, It definitely had issues. Some of those issues are taking longer to get worked out than others, but I, I do want to commend the team that 343 and I guess Xbox Game Studios now for continuing to work on this, even if it might not be at the pace some fans want. Um, but when I saw this at, on Inside Xbox, I thought this was really, really cool. Uh, Mark, are you a Halo guy? Did this excite you? Are you jumping back into Reach? Uh, well, here's the thing. I've actually never played Reach. Whoa, it's so I good. know. It's so good. I yeah, I mean that's what I've heard from so many people that Reach is great. Reach is awesome. Um so I'm looking I'm definitely looking forward to playing it. Um I did play so confession time. Uh I played Halo for the first time all the way through when the Master Chief collection came out. What was that's that? A good two way years to play ago? It. Three years ago? Yeah, so I mean I just had never I did not own an original Xbox. It's the only console I've never never owned. And, um, yeah, so I, I did enjoy it. Um, it was, it was good. It was fun to play through all of it. Reach is the one that I really want to play, uh, cause it just sounds interesting. Um, I'm just, I'm just impressed with how long Microsoft has stuck with this title. I mean, the whole collection. I mean, I'm impressed that they are mean, working like, on you're, it. You're surprised that Halo is important to Microsoft? <laughs> well, I no, I'm I, just with this in particular, the Master Chief Collection, because yeah. it, it just goes to show. I mean, it they could have very easily left it as it was, and I know that's I know that's pretty obvious, but it, I, yeah, I mean, I so when they announced Halo Infinite, 
I kind of thought that they were going to splinter off and infinite was going to be the new like portal to halo. And it's going to be filled with, I, I think they're going to drastically change the game. I don't think it's going to be a hundred master chiefs fall into an Island. I mean, maybe, maybe Doesn't, he left his guns at home. Luckily <laughs> this Island is all guns. <laughs> It's just interesting. I, 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 I'm impressed with that. They are still trying to get Master Chief Collection on the PC. I think it's awesome. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing. Yes, 4K HDR support. Yeah, is that ha- is that happening for Reach? Yeah. Reach will be for Reach will have HDR support too. That's impressive. yeah. And I'm in. This is just another example for me of the paradigm shift that credit where credit is due. Christian kept talking about. And I was a little resistant. I mean, it's not exactly what you talked about, but I'm trying to wait. Wait, no, come on, stop, stop, stop. It's hard for me to give you credit. (laughs) I have to caveat it. Um, (laughs) It's the it's the new Game Pass future that we're living in, where I'm like, I probably wouldn't have bought all these games again because I played them, but it's on Game Pass, so (laughs) download them. Yes, I'm already paying for it. We are on the cusp. And maybe by the time you're hearing this, we'll have passed the cusp. I think it's Tuesday. I think Tuesday. (laughs) It is is Tuesday. But, you know, some people don't listen to the episodes until later in the week. Yeah. Uh, Where the, you know, the subscription idea, uh, the Netflixification, as we've been saying for years and years of games, is really happening. And this is just added value to a service I already pay for because it's relatively inexpensive and yeah, it's awesome. These are great games. They're, you know, their little quote is Microsoft wants the PC versions to be quote first class. Kudos. Yeah, this is how these taking kinds place of, in the sixties during the Cold War. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, like X Men first class. Uh, they're, they're this is how tentpole franchises should be handled by yeah. the platform holders, right? They, we want this kind of stuff, and the fact that I'm basically going to get it to what. I perceive to be free. It doesn't really free because I'm paying a monthly fee, but it feels free because not having to, to make a decision to buy something. Uh, it's a whole right. new, it's a whole new paradigm, and and um, I'm in it, man. I love the fact that Game Pass works on my PC and my Xbox at the same time. I don't have to make that decision either. So, and it's a thing now where this is like. You know, interesting for other publishers where, let's say, whenever Reach comes out, some other game comes out that you're also interested in, but it's like, well, I already have Reach, I'll just play that instead of spending, you know, $20 for an indie or $60 for a a larger AAA game and, you know, trying that experience. It's the version of like, I should go, let's go to the movies tonight. I don't know, this Ben Affleck movie is on Netflix. I'm sure it's good. Like, I'm sure it's good enough. I don't know anything about that movie. I just see billboards for it everywhere. But Or like Bird Box. Like, oh, let's go out tonight. Or Bird Box. And you sit at home yeah. and you watch Netflix because it's there. Right. It We've already spent star. the money. Yeah. 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 It's cool. And yeah, kudos to them for for having worked on it this long and making it. Uh, they rebuilt the mouse and keyboard controls. Uh, nice. It's, you know, it's going to have... So the the downside is, and, and and Christian, you touched on this, but I think it is kind of a downside, is that this, we call it the Master Chief Collection, but it's not a collection. It It is going to be released game by game. So it's not on like PC. you're going to- yeah. On PC, on right. PC, right. So you're not going to be able to just have all the Master Chief Collection in one go. They're going to parcel it out. So they're rolling out Reach first, as you said, but 
they're all eventually coming, I think, except uh, Guardians. Um, but uh, but not all at once. So there'll be some waiting. But that lets each title have its own day in the sun. In the sun. So Wait, cool. I just realized, you know what? I did not play... I did not play Halo 4. I played 1 through 3. Mm. Um, okay, so my question for you two. Have you both played all the Halo games? Yes. Including, okay, so what? Yeah, what's your favorite? <sighs> I you mean, I think one. Combat Evolved is probably still my favorite. But, no kidding. But it's, hard sort of, it's hard to sort of trump that first initial feeling. Of, yeah, the memory yeah. of Longest, the memory of bringing a 200-pound CRT TV and original Xbox and a 100-foot LAN cable over yeah. to a friend's house. It's my friend and I sitting in front of a television split screen on uh, what heroic is the top one? No. What's the top difficulty level? Uh, uh, but doing Nathan Drake. <laughs> doing the co-op campaign next to each other on the hardest get- difficulty of Combat Evolved. Right. There's, I mean, I don't know if anything can beat that. I do think five is up there for me. I think Guardians is awesome. There's only like one or two levels that I was like, Meh, but it's very. They're all, good. they're all really. I mean, two is is the air quote worst because of that cliffhanger ending in the single player. Odst. They wanted to play as uh, what's his butt? The arbiter. The, yeah. The arbiter. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's ODST right. and Reach both blew me away because they found a way to not make not being Master Chief interesting. ODST by changing you and from being a Spartan to just a regular soldier, the little tweaks and changes to that were really fascinating. Reach the way they did a team dynamic was really cool and awesome. I mean, I think they're all they're all great games. I think if you haven't played any of them, I would honestly probably start. I would not play Reach first because it has mechanics in it that the other games kind of don't, but I'd probably start at combat evolved and play them in release order. And okay. I'm jealous because you're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Legendary, legendary well, is the difficulty level. Legendary. Uh, legendary. Our, our yeah. three son in the chat got my back on that one. Legendary difficulty. Mm, okay. So are you guys going to play, all of them again when this comes out on your Xbox One X? I'll dabble, I'm sure. I'll check out how good it looks on, on my PC. You know, it's going to be rad when it's at, you know, 4K resolution. Although I don't have a 4K. I have, I've had know. the collection since launch and I've 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 played them all again. So I'm sure I will play Reach again as well. You know what they don't <laughs> say, Christian? You know what they don't say in here? Huh. Ultra wide support. For but PC? I got to think, I gotta gotta be think, there. Gotta think it'll have that. I gotta mean, think. I, Jeff, it's gonna it's premium level yeah, first support. Class, Come on. First, first, cl- class. first, yeah, totally. All right, um, my story of the week. Uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna talk about Ninja getting a mill, a cold mill. Although mm-hmm. we're under a mill, but we're gonna round up to a sweet million dollars to play Apex Legends at launch. This is a tricky story to talk about because, like, okay, you know. Well, who cares? It's awesome that uh, this dude is that valuable. He clearly earned earned that. He ha- he commands a very large audience. I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna harsh on the guy for commanding a fee that is justified. He he has a lot of influence as an influencer, and it's probably money. Clearly that uh, that respawn was pleased to spend because it, it worked out real real well for them. But uh, Ninja, of course, is Tyler Blevins, the streamer uh, famous for Fortnite, uh, was persuaded to play Apex Legends before or right at its launch uh, by Respawn giving him a million dollars. So I think the way into this story for me, and you guys can talk about it however you like, but for me, the way into this story is uh, 
does this kind of pay to play stuff affect your feeling about what you're seeing, Mark? Do, do, do first of all, does does a streamer playing a game make you more inclined to play it? I think probably the answer is yes, even if on a subconscious level. But do you have a, an awareness of that? Do you have a feeling one way or the other? And if so, does it matter? Does it affect your feeling about that if you know that they're being paid to do so? Uh, the Well, to answer your first question, yeah, it could influence um, my interest in a game because if I'm watching them play it and it looks like a blast – I'm going to check it out. And the fact that they're getting paid to do it doesn't, doesn't affect me at all. Um, so for me, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting and it's not interesting just because I think, I guess what you're really asking is, is it disingenuous that he is playing the game and getting paid for it? And he's not actually truly interested in it. Is it, am I, is that correct? I guess. I mean, we, you kind of don't know if he would be genuinely interested in it because sure. the game wasn't out, right? He right. Didn't, didn't even have, there was an opportunity, there was no opportunity for him to find it on his own. Totally. Uh, so I don't know if even we can frame it in those terms, but is it, it does it feel uh, from an end user's perspective like you've been manipulated? Hmm. Personally, me. Yeah, you. Um. Not really. I mean, just because I don't actually watch streamers for early releases and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess for me personally, it does not because I just don't actually watch early content or even day one stuff from streamers. Um, yeah. Well, Christian, I know that you have very strong feelings about this kind of stuff. So how did, how did this particular news story land on you? Yeah, I, I haven't gone back and watched his stuff or dug in enough to know if how he disclosed it. I, I to me, that's the key is disclosure. Um, once disclosure is made, uh, then I'm a okay with it. And I think disclosure for an eight hour stream or whatever kind of needs to be constant, not every five minutes, but I don't know, maybe every hour have a banner saying, you know, paid. Per- What's up? This is sponsored content. Yeah, yeah. That, that's all you need. I think that goes a long way toward it. Yes, because. Do you think? Well, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to zero in on this. Do you think that it's different if you got paid a hundred dollars or a million dollars? No. Okay. If you're getting paid to do something, you need to disclose that you're being paid to 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 partake in that thing because I think it will color your opinion about it. it has the the potential to. And even if it doesn't, if it's not going to color your opinion one way or the other, why would you not tell your audience? Right? Yeah. If, if you're afraid really that your audience knowing something will change their impact of what you're doing, then I think that says <laughs> that says quite a bit. Um, and and I, I agree. I think uh, disclosure is always a good thing. Maybe it's the former attorney in me. I always do my best on this show to mention when I received a review copy for a game. Um, I, I don't think that changes an opinion per se, but I think the audience deserves to know it. And I think if I were paid to play a game and talk about it, I think they'd want to know that. Because while I might genuinely love it, um, the fact that I am paid to play it is very important to to, to talk about. Um, are you? Do you come at this from a different angle, Jeff? No, 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 no. I think that's uh, accurate. I mean, I, I tend to talk about things uh, in our sponsors of this show, which we're actually about to have one. I'm about to talk about uh, a product that I genuinely like. And I'm in a privileged position to be able to uh, say no if I don't genuinely like a, a sponsor. Um, 
so I, you know, I, I very much, uh, hold myself to a, a standard of not, you know, tr- trying not to be disingenuous about, uh, uh, a thing if they're a sponsor, if, if it's a sponsored piece of content and we don't have sponsors that are, you know, video games by and large. And if we do, we don't review those video games. Uh, and that's going back, you know, 15 years of my career for that decision. Uh, I also don't really have a problem with this, but I, I wonder if it's different. I mean, this guy wasn't being asked even to give his opinion. He was just asked to play it. Right. But I do, I do wonder though, if part of the, part of the terms was, you can't say anything negative about our design decisions. Like if you enjoy it, say it, but if there's something you don't like, just don't say anything about it. You know what I mean? I'm sure I can't imagine they paid him a million dollars and didn't have something like that in there to trash. You know, we don't, we don't, you're right. We don't. If you're getting a million dollars and even if, they didn't explicitly ask you, you probably minimize the things you don't like. (laughs) Exactly. So it does have an effect. Totally. And also, by the way, the uh, Respawn Entertainment's producer, the lead producer, Drew McCoy, said the studio's goal was to, quote, create a day where you couldn't escape Apex. Yeah. End quote. They succeeded. So a day, but he said a day. So I imagine that means he got paid a million dollars for playing the game for one day. Yes. That is incredible. It's not a bad gig if you could swing That's not, it. No, but the, I mean, it's, but well, it sounds good at first, but if you're, if you're Ninja and you're streaming battle Royale games, and then you want to stream something that's not a battle Royale game, I think he, I think I remember him saying something like his numbers drop as soon as he stops streaming battle Royale games. So does this mean he's stuck forever streaming these types of games? And no, because he's made millions. He's fine. Yeah, but he's fine. but uh, he, I, totally. I mean, I agree. I, I mean, he, I would be able to retire as soon as I'm done. But I mean, anybody like, starts losing anybody money. That, anybody that has success at that level is a victim of their own t- success to a certain extent, right? You play, sure. you know, you play Joey on Friends. It's hard for people not to think of you as Joey on Friends, right? So it, there's a, there's anything that is level, that level of success and then you want to do something else is not going to be easy because you have achieved a zeitgeist, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's just part and parcel with it. Uh, f- there's another angle. I don't know if we need to go too far into, but that gets me about this kind of thing is that uh, I think it's creating an expectation in a lot of young people that they can be ninja. Uh, and there's, yeah. You know, if, if it's you think it's hard to be Joey on Friends, it's twelve times as hard to be Ninja, right? It's it it is um, it's the new uh, dream job, and rightfully so. I get to play video games, and they pay me a million dollars a day, or as we found out, a uh, million dollars was twice what he earned in a month about a year ago, which means he earned five hundred thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty good, yeah, pretty good. Pretty I'd good. be happy. That's but, pretty uh, good. Again, um, I think, you know, we're streamer culture is, is, is a bubble just like anything else. And it's, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, I think, young people that that's what they dream of now. And, uh, it's, yeah. it's a hard life. It's not an easy life and it's, uh, it's hard to achieve, uh, even pay your rent, let alone make a million dollars in a day. So, and Ninja's name is getting thrown out here a lot because he is, you know, the biggest or one of the biggest and, and this number came out. But I just wanted to get this out, and I don't think we're we're not trying to single him out. At least I'm not. Apex Legends paid a lot of top streamers to play the game for a day. Um, what those amounts are, I don't know. 
Um, Ninja might have commanded the biggest market share, but I also feel like he was worth every penny because it's not only the way I think of it, it's it's like advertising expense. It's also an appearance yeah. fee to some extent. Like you find your big celebrity just to walk on stage and wave or, you know, be at the bar in Vegas, right? And like a DJ set by celebrity or whatever. And they have they get paid however much they get paid. But also Ninja's is skill based. I mean, he is very good at these games where he was showing up and performing and winning and you're getting lebron to shoot free throws on your court yes sure yes so i have no problem with this uh r3zen said that he was he believes uh or they believe he did disclose it said uh apex legends partner during his stream um Awesome. I th- I think it's great. I think it's a little like I'm I don't know if someone broke an NDA talking about money. Um I don't know if it's going to create hostile attitudes between, you know, shroud or disrespect or ninja about like who you know is worth the most, but all of those people, all of those streamers, I think like you said Jeff, they work hard. Um it's not easy. Even I think part of what is so hard about it is how easy they make it look. Um it's great. And yeah. I think they're worth every penny. I, I have no problem with this at all, especially if it was disclosed that they were being paid. Cool. But also, didn't EA's stock go up like 11% and they made like $4 billion the next day? Wasn't it something insane like that? I mean, that's money well spent for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's a whole other conversation that we don't really have time to get into yeah. of, of how this is the new way to market a video game. And uh uh, you know, talk about ROI, you know, if you, you think of the price of television commercials, for example, you know, give even a fraction or even, you know, approaching a million dollars to uh, several streamers is going to be a better ROI than, you know, sponsoring a commercial that a fraction of the people are going to pay attention to if they even see it. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a new paradigm. All right. Um, you know, I kind of feel bad, Christian. You brought up the reference. No, I just, to... I, it's fine as a reference. It doesn't need All right. more. All right. Okay. Well, it's news <laughs> that, that it's fact. Wasn't. That it is fact. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to talk about it. Um, okay. Speaking of disclosing, it's time for me to disclose that we were sponsored. Uh, the show is possible because we have sponsors, and one of our sponsors is a sponsor. I am totally fine in in talking very highly of because I genuinely love it. Brooklinen. Brooklinen. They're my sheets. They're the sheets that I use that I sleep on every night. My wife and I love them. In fact, we got a second pair of Brooklinen sheets. Uh, they have lots of cool styles and stuff that you can choose from. Um, and you spend a third of your life in your sheets. Me, probably less so because I got two young kids. Probably spend, you know, I wish I could spend a third of my life in my sheets. Uh, but but uh, you want to feel you want to feel great. You want to upgrade your bedding. I gosh, I spent way too much of my life in scratchy what I thought were fine sheets, but then you go to something that's like luxurious and feels amazing like Brooklyn and sheets. And you realize, Oh, this is the uh, delightful and it's worth, worth the uh, upgrade. Let, let's say that I, I, you know, I recommend these all the time to my friends. In fact, I think we're going to give some uh, to my in-laws Brooklyn and sheets. Cause we have talked about them to them a lot and they keep asking about it anyway. So, this is a company that uh, that was founded in 2014, so they're they're pretty new, but they have already made a big splash. 35,000 five-star reviews, best of online bedding category by Good Housekeeping. People dig them. I dig them, as I said. I, I sleep on these every night, and I love it. Um, and uh, the idea is that they're trying to create like five-star hotel quality sheets, but make them affordable and easy to order because it's all online. 
So what they say, it's luxury sheets without the luxury markup. Some betting is marked up as much as 300%. And guess what? Because my Brooklyn and sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on, left, slept on he said easily. Now's the time for your upgrade, and we're going to make it easy. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just to DLC listeners. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code DLC at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all of their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Wow. The only way to get 10% off your first order and free shipping is to use promo code DLC at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code DLC. Brooklinen. These really are the best sheets ever. All right, time to talk about the games we have been playing so many good things out right now. So many good things to play. Mark, I'm excited to talk to you because I suspect we gave relatively short shrift to Metro <laughs> Exodus on this program. This oh, really? Program. Yes. Uh, both Christian and I played it, but I, I don't think either of us stuck with it. How and, deep? How uh, deep did you get on it? I got shallow. I got very shallow. Um, I, I bounced off of it because... Um, well, I went into a very detailed explanation on an episode, but the short version the TLDR is, uh, it made me feel not so nice just to be in that, that world. And the world yeah. is, the real world is harsh. And I didn't want to do that to myself anymore. Did you get past the first two hours? Uh, I, I, I think so, but I don't know what point you were referring to. Mm, okay. I would know. Did you get to the big open area, the big snowy yes. open area called the Volga? Yes. Okay. The big open world part. Yes. The the big but not so big open world <laughs> part. Yeah. Uh, either way, I did not mm-hmm. give this game a fair shake. So I'm excited to hear you, who have played much more of it than I, give your take on it. Yeah. So I I came to Metro Exodus really really excited for this game. I am a huge fan of Metro 2033 and Last Light. I love those games. Have you guys played those games? Yes. Okay. Um, big fan. I loved Christian? the first one. I started loving the second one. And then I got this massive game breaking glitch that no made, that I yeah, broke the game and I couldn't reload a save and it was was um, it the Redix versions or the OG versions? It was the OG. It was I was playing it on Xbox and uh, it was okay. a thing where your gas mask cracks mm-hmm. and you can't take your gas mask off. <laughs> so it was like I was cracked yeah. constantly. Yeah, yeah, that's not fun. No. Um, wow, life mimics art. <laughs> well, so yeah. Um, Big fan. In fact, I went back and I played uh, Last Light about a week before I started Exodus. So I was primed and ready for it. Um, and the game, so once you get past like the first two hours, the unfortunate thing about the game is um, it's it starts out pretty blandly. I mean, it's I kind of wish they would have not included the first two hours and just started you in the Volga. So what I wanted out of this game is I was hoping they would lean a little more into the, the bleakness of the atmosphere and spiders crawling on your arms and the, some of the supernatural elements too. I mean, it's when it comes to games like this, I think it's really easy for supernatural elements to come across as actually kind of funny 
and cheesy, but they had a way in last light of making them seem genuinely creepy. And so I was hoping that stuff would be there. And of course the survival mechanics, you know, where they, they sort of foster this, the, these, the feelings of claustrophobia and survival horror, which is stuff, I guess you, you didn't really like too much, Chris, uh, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it in the first two games. I feel like you know, just the world that I'm living in now is is depressing and and got it. You know, and it's too much. It just was a little much. Yeah, it is. It is. It is pretty bleak. Um, yeah. So the first the first area you you get to that is open. It's it is like an open area. It's um, called the Volga. So the really interesting thing about it is they have this interesting story that's kind of tucked into that section of the game and it takes place i mean it is it is cold it is um it is snowy and windy and it is it's pretty it's pretty gruesome to get through and um there is like this local cult that is sort of settled there and they despise technology because technology brought the devil which is like the bombs and all that stuff and so um and there's a there's on the other side of the world there's this people who oppose the cult. So there's this really interesting local political dynamic. And it felt like that area was telling its own little story. Um, I mean, for instance, there was this part, there was this time where I was sort of crawling through the remains of this house and I worked my way up the attic and uh, there were, there were a few skeletons up there and these skeletons were all surrounded by empty vodka bottles. And each one of them, had like an instrument and they were very clearly trying to make the best of their final days. And it was like that type of environmental storytelling. It was so interesting and I loved it. And that's what I come to the series for. But unfortunately, as the game progressed, it, the linear parts are fine and they're good, but it just kind of, it, the, I finished the game and I did like it. It's my least favorite of the three, but I wish they would have stuck to having these open world sections where they had a really interesting plot. Now there is, there is one, there is one other section where it is open, like the Volga and you can kind of drive around and there is some stuff going on there and it, it's not as interesting, but it is interesting and it's, it's fun to explore it. But there are two other areas that are big ish, but they're kind of linear. And I, I don't, I'm not quite sure why they decided to do that because you lose that, that exploration of trying to find what's around this cliff or what's happening over here. Um, and I don't know. I just, I just wasn't what I was hoping for completely, but so, it is a yeah, gorgeous game. Yeah. And what about uh, people that was, are new to the, to the franchise? Is it something that you would recommend or you think they should just go back and play the superior games in the, I highly recommend uh, anybody who who's interested in the series to pick up the Metro Redux games. They are the redos of Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light. In fact, I think those games are on sale still this week. You can get them, I think both of them for like $7.50 or something. They're super cheap. And um, I think 2033 is like a eight-hour game. Last Light is like a 12 to 15-hour game. But... Um, yeah, that one spends more time in like the Russian metro, and it's a, it's a lot of you remember it's a lot of more of exploring these dark tunnels, and it has and it has like a stealthy 
a stealthy gameplay. I mean, you could go in guns blazing, you could do that stuff, but I mostly tried to stealth, I don't know, like 75% of that game and taking guys out slowly. And I really like stealth games. I like stealth games that don't have a ton of um, gameplay mechanics that basically stealth is like you're, you have maybe a light meter, like in the the old thief games, or actually in the Metro game, there's a meter that tells you how hidden you are. But I like it that when you actually kind of have to guess, it makes it more intense. You don't know exactly where everybody is, you know, where you're like Far Cry lighting up everybody and you see everything. That's the, it is fun. I do enjoy that. But Metro has this sort of creepiness to it where you don't know exactly where the person is and there is no peeking around, you know, there's no lean button or anything. Um, and it's like this basic stealth mechanic. And I really like that because I mean, it's also, a, it, I feel like it's easier to not mess up too because, <laughs> because you know, the thing where you lean around a corner and all of a sudden you're leaning too far and you get spotted and you feel cheated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's just none of that. Anyway, I'm kind of rambling here, but I, I did like the game. It's just not everything I was hoping for. Um, and I played it on Xbox one X and it is, it is a really good looking game on there. Yeah, it is that. That is that is for sure. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, maybe I didn't give it short shrift. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, it looks like you have been playing uh, Christian Spicer's 2016 Game of the Year. No Man's no Sky? kidding. Really? No, it was No Man's Sky. You know your 2016 Game of the Year was, Christian. I do. It was um, the penultimate Guardian. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. That's my favorite. Guardian? That's my favorite. <laughs> uh no so i played the last guardian finally um i actually i just finished playing um the shadow of colossus shadow of the colossus are you playing the new remake version or i yes so yeah. a long time ago when i bought that game um i normally don't i don't get this with games but for some reason the frame rate on the ps2 of that game got me some motion sickness. I don't think I've ever had that happen with a game. It was like the only game that did that. So I just didn't play it. I still have my copy actually. And I bought it on PS3, didn't play it. And then uh, PS4, um, I got sent a copy from Sony and um, figured I should really probably check this out. So, so you loved that. And that guy really, yeah, I really, that. really liked that game. And so high hopes for the last guardian and um, uh, man. Okay. So you like thumbs down. No, I, so game of the year 2016 thumbs down. (laughs) I'm telling you no man's sky. No. Uh, So it was, so the first two hours were, were fine and interesting, but I was hanging on by a thread for the entire game. Well, we lost Mark for the show. That's a real shame. (laughs) Um, I can't hear him anymore. I, I, it's the satellites. <laughs> that same guy that you're so, talking about. So here's the thing. The, the story w- between the boy and Trico, I mean, it's it's that's the thing that held me on. But I had a really hard time with the camera. I found really frustrating. And the the performance on my my PS4 Pro was not good at all. And it wasn't until I actually beat the game, I found out that you can tweak, you could set, because I'm playing on a 4K TV, you can, there's no options within the game to adjust like performance mode or whatever. But if you go to your PS4 and set it 
under video to 1080p, it'll force the game to play in 1080p, and apparently the performance is much better. I did not know that until after I beat the game. Someone told me about it. but So the performance was bad, and I had a hard time with the controls, and I think that's part of the performance stuff was the controls with the boy. Well, there's a lot of debate about that, right, with this game, is that uh, are the controls bad, or are the controls indicating how difficult it is to control an unruly beast? Is it is well, it a, a dog that only listens to you sometimes, or is it a video game that is broken? <laughs> well, yeah, no. So there's the boys' controls, and then there's the AI for Trico, and I just I found it really frustrating. I mean, I was towards the end; I couldn't wait for it to end. I mean, it was basically I was all in, um, pot committed because I wanted to find out what happened. And the story's really I think interesting. The last couple of levels of that game are utterly jaw dropping. I, I think that the way that story concludes, I'm not going to spoil anything, but mm-hmm. uh, where you end up and what happens, I found yep. to be beautiful and uh, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The story is great. It's just the performance, the camera and the push the controller, push the stick for the boy to go to do this thing. And he flips around and he jumps the other way. And it's very old school. I mean, it's not. Yeah. Sorry. I just, I couldn't, it it just, it wasn't really working for me. mostly because of the technical stuff. Christian, you want to defend your baby at all? No, I love the game. You can go back and listen to it. Uh, find the episodes where I praise it. I think it's, it's great, but I'm not going to, you know, I don't need a harsh Mark's vibe. If you didn't dig it, that's okay. No, I think he's harshing your vibe. No, dude, I don't want to harsh his vibe (laughs) for not digging it. It makes sense. All right. We're all friends here. <laughs> uh, your vibe harsh, Christian. Just so you know. Just so you know, your vibe super harsh. Dude, my vibe I actually, is so I actually, I actually really love the game. It's because he didn't want to play No Man's Sky. Really <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Division Two, which was sort of the big release of the week. Uh, that Christian, I liked Last Guardian, and Mark didn't. Is that the Division? Yes. Okay, good. The Let's Division talk about nice. it. But it's the sequel. <laughs> uh. Yes, um, we both been playing. I'm playing on PC. Christian, you're playing on PlayStation. I'm playing on Xbox One, which is why I played the uh, first division. Which is why I wanted to play this one. For some okay. games, like just get locked in. It's like a console for me, and the division is Xbox. Most Tom Clancy games are Xbox for me for whatever reason. Maybe because Splinter Cell back in the day. Yeah, it mm. felt like an Xbox game, right? Green. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the green, uh, uh, and it ran tribe. so much better than the, uh, PlayStation two and GameCube. I had a GameCube one too, but yeah, that was, there's always been an Xbox franchise, odd little <laughs> mental thing for me, but that's how I view them. Well, uh, I loved the first division. I put well over a hundred hours into it. Uh, I know it, it had issues with the end game that I, you know, eventually bumped into as well and kind of lost, lost the love for it, uh, in the end game a bit, but man, the, the road to that was a blast, and uh, I played a ton of it with my buddies, and just I just adored the first one. I've been eagerly anticipating the second one, uh, and you know I played some of the beta, but I think the full game really is a superior experience to even even what the beta presented, as it should be. Uh, but I'm glad to see that. Um, what was your take on Division Two, Christian? I think the best, it's kind of, I feel like I'm doing this too much now, but ever since I felt so comfortable doing it with Tojam and Earl. Um, so I'm maybe four hours in, five is stretching it. I don't think I can say five. Um, so I, I'm assuming you're farther in than I am. Um, but 
it's it's the division. It's it's the division two, right? They took the division, and for someone uh, for my play history, one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the end game issues for the division, the first division one, never. I never got there. At, you know, I wasn't playing that game post end of campaign. Those things didn't bump on me. The dark zone issues and problems didn't bump for me because I I didn't play. I didn't look to the game for that. I really enjoyed the campaign. I really enjoyed whatever it was 25, 30 hours I spent with it, and then I I moved on to something else. And this feels like more the division. Like there are some. Um, quality of life improvements in terms of like, and maybe the division one got there at some point. I know they kept updating that game, but you know, the way you're able to equip things, sell things, get rid of things, uh, see what you're supposed to do, the way the map organizes things, the way you're in and out of missions. Um, it all feels like it's streamlined and they've learned lessons from the first one, but it it's the division, right? Like to me, there's no, huge reinvention of what this franchise is or what it's trying to be. And so I think if you loved the division and you want more of that, you're going to love this game. Or if you bounced off the division one um, and you're not, you know, looking for this type of looter shooter um, third person cover based game, don't let the hype convince you that this will be the one that will get you. <laughs> Cause to me, it's, it's would very much the same game. Would you say the same thing about destiny? And Destiny 2. Uh, no, Destiny 2 changed more things between, and now they're unchanging them. But I think I would have said maybe give Destiny 2 a shot because if you thought the endless grind of Destiny 1 wasn't appealing to you, this was way back when Destiny 2 first launched, I would say maybe consider Destiny 2 because it has an end. <laughs> There's a best case weapon and and the narrative is short and concise and you can play through that and i really like the campaign in the division two and jeff i'm curious to know your thoughts on it but i mean this campaign is sprawling it's not an eight hour campaign it's much like the first one where it's you know my guess is 12 to 18 hours depending on how much side mission stuff you do like this is a this is a big game yeah, and I think it's meant to be your game you're married to. You know, it's meant to be a looter shooter that you constantly have new things to come back to and you're creating a long-term relationship with this character. Yeah. Um I I would argue that there are a, a lot of big changes and in my opinion improvements on the division with Division 2. Um but they're real subtle, I think. And hmm, I that think makes sense. <laughs> it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like, you know, now in this one, you have vehicles, you know, it's not something like that. It's, it's, you know, obviously a new setting. We're in Washington, DC now. Uh, and I think the, the level design is vastly improved, much more interesting. You still have your, you know, your GPS route that will take you from place to place. But now, much more than in the first game, there are alternative routes, hidden things, stuff to be discovered all over the place. Um, and it's stunning. The, I mean, Ubisoft, they employ <sighs> wizards and witches over there because... That Snowdrop engine, dude. It's, wow. I've closed so many car doors. Uh, and I, it's it's jaw-dropping. Like, I know it's like... Oh, that made it in, huh? It did. There are car doors to be closed. But it is... Oh, nice. It is stunning inside and outside of buildings with... I, I, in my playtime, no load times. Like the, I don't want to talk about Anthem, but like the the scope I'm of not- this game and the immersion going into even your home bases, your hubs or strongholds, what are they called? Almost yeah, seamless. Of- um, it it's 
ninja uh, wizards yeah. and witches it's unbelievable what ubisoft does <laughs> we're gonna say ninjas and pirates that was yeah <laughs> warriors there's uh <laughs> right. lions and tigers and bears it's everything i, I believe it <laughs> um yeah there there are lots of subtle differences like so so i'm so impressed with how it feels like uh an air uh, a city i want to explore and i'm constantly finding cool little nooks and crannies in it or shortcuts and stuff that that to me is super fun i love that about video games hmm. uh and i feel like the day night cycle now is much more important night hmm. feels way scarier and not just because you know the freaks come out at night or whatever like in a lot of games in this game it, you really deal with visibility and because the yeah. way okay. enemies are denoted and marked in this game is changed from the first division, which you could sort of, it didn't matter if it was nighttime because you could see them. They were highlighted. Now you can really get ambushed just on your way to a mission because a roving band of bad guys is hard to see. And you'll find yourself in the middle of them and they're shooting you from all around, which brings me to the next point. I really do feel like the AI such as it is. I mean, there's still, there's still video game characters. It's not super sophisticated, but I think they, present a very fun challenge yeah was they, there a difficulty i never noticed one no you just yeah, kind of play I yes yeah but they i mean it's there are challenging missions they will flank you they will uh flush you out uh, you can't stay in one place for a long time you you know it is really dynamic in that way like uh, you know you can't just plant yourself in one spot and shoot 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 which i i tend to do i tend to be a turtler and this game, the AI is smart enough to make that not tenable. You, they will get around you. They will rush at you. They will throw grenades to flush you out. They will do things that prevent your comfortable your comfortability, you know, which is fun, which makes you have to sort of improvise on the fly, which is really great fun. And I think there's new enemy types and the way they handle armor is so much more satisfying. It well, it's doesn't real feel- armor. It's not a hoodie with a bar. <laughs> you well, know, it's like it's real way, armor that you're shooting off, and you're like, okay, I got that exposed. Now I'm going to take this down. And the way that's communicated in their health bar, it doesn't feel like they're a sponge anymore. It feels like you're literally having to shoot their armor off. And then once they're exposed, they go down like you know, like a human being might. Um, it's it, it, numerous, I think, really smart improvements in the sequel that make for a much tighter, cooler experience from my perspective. And yeah, they're not the flashy like now you, you know, now you can do, you know, you know, you can fly or whatever. It's, it's, I think more, and, and I think maybe that's why I brought up destiny. Cause I feel like that's what a, you know, if we had tower Mina on the show, that's what a, like a big deep destiny fan would talk about with destiny too, is like the granular stuff. And, uh, I feel like I see that in this game and I appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you guys are getting me interested in this game. I've not been interested good, in Division. Um, it's so good. I, what's the What's the gameplay loop? I mean, are you just playing against human players, no. or is there no? Okay. It's PVE, uh, a PVE grind that's cooperative, and then end game is sort of PVE VP. It's it's you know you're you're playing against players. There's also PVP throughout. I mean, if you want to you know queue up for PVP matches, you can do that. But it's optional. Yeah, I mean it's like a mode. Uh, it's it's a separate mode, uh, but the, the majority okay. of the game is looter shooter. Is you know cooperative uh, team based looter shooter where you're you know you're getting cool loot, you're doing missions, you're uh, 
making new fast um, fast travel points you're unlocking and opening up bigger parts of the map and leveling up and all that stuff. Uh, and you know, it's realistic that the I think the best the thing I like most about the division uh, is the sort of Tom Clancy ness of it, which is uh, lots of cover, lots of tactics. Um, right. moving from cover to cover is very satisfying. There's a button where you, it, it'll show you in the HUD, like where you can run to, and then you just hold a, and you'll sprint to that next cover point. And so you're mm. stop and pop cover shooter team stuff. You get cool tech upgrades that let you heal people or, uh, set up turrets or do all kinds of different things. There's a bunch of new ones in the sequel that they didn't have in the first game. And where the, are you guys playing this? What platform? Uh, Christian's on Xbox. I'm on uh, PC. Okay, I think- and it supports ultra wide and it's <laughs> for me. Uh, two nits and then one wish. Um, my nit number one. I love that you can change so much of the HUD and I like the accessibility features, but you can't make the font bigger for like uh prompts in game like you can change the top hud that kind of shows you where to go or what to do and you can move that to almost any position on the screen but the font for other things that you can't change is so tiny and i'm again playing on xbox so i'm sitting far away from my big tv on my couch where i literally have to bring a chair close to the tv because i can't tell like what it's like to do this push this button and i'm sitting back on my couch like what button um and i know i'm not alone in, in in that feeling uh knit two well, I do, I do appreciate the challenge of the AI, and I remember this from the first division. They are all grenade experts, like <laughs> without well, fail. Also, there's, there's literally no stealth. Like you pop one guy in the back of the head, and they all instantly know where you no. are and are raining <laughs> yes. fire down upon you. Yes, yeah. And then my wish, and I thought Anthem would maybe be this. I really and, and Ubisoft, please make this game. I want this game, like literally this game, and then just copy paste a fantasy or sci-fi setting on it because i want to have a big dumb flaming head i want to i want to have fun silly outfits and it's I, a bummer that they doubled down on realism it's it's such a bummer i mean it's a tom clancy mo so i'm sure some people love it and i don't want to take anything away from the division two because it is a feat and it is it is an accomplishment just my gaming personality when i'm getting all of this loot i i want silly looking knee pads <laughs> you know not just stat bump knee pads just uh over the top would be fine like i i don't need i don't need uh googly eyes and bunny ears but i do want you know chrome uh wings or something <laughs> rad you know i want something flashy and, and cool and that's that's why i love third person over third per- first person that's why i love games with loot is like look at how rad my my character looks yeah um, yeah. And, you know, there's only so many, so cool your, you know, uh, flak jackets and cargo pants can, can look. Um, I mean, they do have stuff like, you know, full fireman outfit and, yeah. uh, paramedic gear and stuff. How but. deep are you? How do you, how are you feeling about the campaign? Initially, again, I'm maybe two story mission, two or three, and then a couple of side missions in, it feels kind of disparate, if that's the right word. Like, if, I, I don't feel the connective tissue yet. Like, I get called to an area because I'm supposed to go there, and then I go there, and now I'm doing little things here and there. I really liked the narrative of the first game of, like, this outbreak and figuring it out. How's this game's campaign so far? Uh, I mean, I hear you. I, I feel like that's not what I, you know, it's not what brought me to the yard. Sure. Uh, but... 
I feel like in the context of a mission, it's clear and it's cool. And the things I'm doing in missions are super cool. And the variety of upgrades is much broader than in the first game and much broader than in most comparable games, right? Uh, even D- Destiny doesn't have as many points to invest in. You've got yeah. all kinds of things you can be doing with your resources at any given time, Any all kinds of different things you can be working on, upgrading your bases, upgrading your people, um, getting new people, getting new technology to invest in perks or investing in new different kinds of tech you can use. Um, uh, you know, you can unlock control points and then like hook up the people there with supplies that they're asking for. It's, there's always something new and different to do. There's side missions and main missions and just emergent things that happen are happening. Like somebody's being executed in the street. So you have to stop it or, you know, a supply drop will be be parachuted in in the on a street corner, and you know AI is going to come in and fight you over it. <laughs> Always something interesting to do, and I love that about the game. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not super invested in. You know, I think the first game asked a kind of interesting question of like what caused the outbreak and the money was poisoned, but how did it happen? And this this game, I haven't really been drawn into any kind of central mystery that way, although it does retain the coolest part of the storytelling from the first game, which is those echoes that yeah. you can recreate, which tell like little short stories in, in, in and of themselves. And you find them in the open world and they show you basically little audio dramas, um, tell you little audio dramas about, you know, people right before the apocalypse and what, what was happening. And you can find, you know, you could follow those threads and they construct a really interesting kind of dark narrative, which is, uh, I find very cool. So I, I hear you with that complaint, but it doesn't really bother me too much. I think that's the hard part about these games where I think like, you know, Destiny's approach was they were told it's, it's very separate, right? There's the campaign that you have to do to hit this level. And then there's the looter shooter part of the game, right? Um, and because how do you make a campaign level infinitely replayable you know like what's that it's it's difficult and i don't know if any game has mastered it yet i think you know destiny's approach is is not what people were looking for in terms of you you don't go back and replay those campaign levels again you know you're not experiencing those moments again over and over and over again and in the division two you know one of the big selling points of it at least initially from the, the messaging i saw was like you played a mission and now there's the hard mode of that same mission and like how different it is showing you like the amount of enemies you're going to encounter and how, where they're going to come at you. And you thought you've, you went into this kill box before, but now it's totally different because you're needing to find cover in new places. And I think that's really cool, but for something like that to work, in my opinion, you can't have like a 20 second cut scene, <laughs> you know, like right. pulling you through it. Cause you'd get so bored of that. Yeah. And it, and this game doesn't, you right. know, it really does. Um, I do want to spend, I know you, you, uh, oh, another thing I want to bring up before I go there is you had said that you're kind of holding your friends back with, with some games. One of the things that division two does so, so well, and I love it for it is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what level I am in regard to you. We can team up always, always, always. And that's great. That's how it should be. We should be able to team up and do missions. I shouldn't have to ask you if you're far enough level or, you know, feel like I'm lagging behind my friends or anything. It, it handles all of that for you. It'll even everybody out and make it cool. And I love that part of it. But, uh, I do want to spend a, just a couple of minutes talking about this in regard to Anthem. Cause they are two 
sides of a very similar coin, right? They are uh, both looter shooters that came out in close proximity to one another, high profile games, gorgeous games each. Uh, and I do believe that one is hitting all the right notes and the other is discordant. And I think it's interesting and illuminative why, you know, figuring out why that is. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts, Christian, but I, I think w- the place I would start, because I do think the pure shooting and moment-to-moment action of Anthem is very fun, yes. as it is with Division. I think the sort of staccato stop-and-start nature of how Anthem does all that is even more put into stark relief for me playing division, which is all seamless. Yeah, I can fast travel and get load screens and I tend to want to fast travel a lot in this game. But when, when I'm not fast traveling, everything is, is seamless in and out of buildings is seamless. There's a couple of elevator loads inside of quests, but most of the time I feel like I'm in a place. And more than that, I'm constantly having my curiosity tickled and it's being, rewarded that curiosity is being rewarded because there's something interesting and cool when I go investigate. Uh, and Antha has none of that. It really feels like a beautiful hollow place for me to do my mission. And I pop in, I do that mission. It kicks me out and it feels very staccato and unsatisfying. And there's a countdown to pull you along. If you're playing like an anthem there's like this idea of exploring on your way to something unless someone is ahead of you then you better not explore because you got to get to that thing and the division two and i think as well as one handles that very differently where on your way to a mission you are more than encouraged to to explore that curiosity and do that side mission or pick up that echo and i and anthem as of Last time I played it, <laughs> um, you know, isn't that? And you're I, leaving the quest area. Yeah, turn around. Yeah. yeah, and I think the biggest thing too is is those the, the load screens and the way that your hub, your home world, is is created and represented. In, the difference between the two representations of of your hub and and in Division Two, in my opinion, they while a video game feel like these lived in places with little military command people here and there. And you talk to them and they have interesting stories and they're going to send you off and do something. And there's regular people that kind of interact and walk around in those worlds and anthems felt slow and very tonally different than the rest of the game. And while some of the, the main quest giving NPCs I found well acted and well voiced um, and interesting, they were, such a small part of that world where most of it was a pretty looking, you know, corridor outside corridor in a bazaar that I'm walking from location to location to just to get my next checkpoint. And in my experience with the division two, the bases don't feel like that. You know, it, it feels like a command center where I'm popping in, talking to people, getting interesting things. And I think Ubisoft you know, they've been doing it for so long that they've got it down. <laughs> it's, I think I it's really before, smartly designed. Yeah, it is. And I, and I mentioned this before, but I, somehow when I wasn't looking, Ubisoft became my favorite publisher. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but, you know, between Assassin's Creed Odyssey and The Division, and I'm probably forgetting a half a dozen others, but uh, it, Far just, Cry, it just feels like, um, it, yeah, it's like, oh, oh. I love Ubisoft. How did that happen? I love Ubisoft. Um, but yes, uh, it, 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 they, 
it's amazing to me how much that little stuff adds up yeah. and becomes a big deal. Uh, and like you kind of mentioned right at the beginning, I'd much prefer the sci-fi planet Iron Man fiction to post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, military realism. Some people lived, others died. The ones that died, died because they didn't own guns. Tom Clancy! (laughs) That's not my jam, right? My jam is, give me that cool sci-fi tale, give me a super-powered exosuit, I'm in. (laughs) And yet, I will be playing many, many, many more hours of Division 2, and uh, I've sort of fallen off playing Anthem, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because it really is those those little things that add up and make wanting to spend the kind of time these games ask for yes in those worlds. that well they sorry mark okay, uh it, it just anthem gives you so many opportunities to check your phone um <laughs> and the and the division doesn't you know it it it, it, it is if it's that game you're married to it needs to keep you in and those quality of life things are big take out the trash from time to time clean the bathroom help out around the house you know like whatever like you got to make it work and the game needs to do its part if it expects you to be playing for all of these hours and committing to it my last i, th- I remembered my other knit and this isn't exclusive to the division uh, destiny is problematic a lot of games i feel like are i'm tired of the silent protagonist in these games mm. because people talk to me for so long and my character is just a muted nod and then like the other person keeps talking and it it takes me out of the realism of, like we're gonna go over here and we're gonna attack them and then there's like a beat and my character's like Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You mentioned that. I mean, that reminds me, Metro Exodus. Exodus that bothered me too. Artem doesn't really talk, and that became a problem, right? I mean, there's so you many. Have to cases- talk. I know exactly, and it was even more. Remember Half Life Two? They actually acknowledged that he doesn't talk, like a couple times, riding in the elevator. Alex is like, "Huh, silent type, huh?" It's like, oh, so now they know too. Like now he's just a weirdo that doesn't talk. And it was charming then, 30 years ago. <laughs> right. That's so yes, true. we've come a long ways. So um, my quick question for you two, as somebody who has, I know we're kind of in the same boat because parenting and stuff, but let's say I got like two to four hours a week and I don't necessarily want to depend on other people. So I want to be able to solo some stuff and still have a really good time out of all these looter shooters that are online, like between Destiny and the Division 2 and Anthem uh, and whatever else, there's a bunch of other ones out there. What would you guys recommend I check out? That's a great question. I, I will, I will speak to Div- the division two in this way, but I'm glad you brought it up. Cause I meant to bring this up myself. There's something interesting about this game. I played, I would say probably 60 to 70% of the first division solo. Really I loved it. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it was a relatively small percentage that I played with my friends. I played a lot of the end game with my friends, and I I played a lot of missions with them. But um, most of the time, I would get on and just sort of grind out stuff and do cool things, and you know, on my own time. Similarly, I have played most of the Division Two so far solo, mostly because I I did get a code and I was playing uh, before the game had released to most of my friends. Okay. Um, and it felt a lot lonelier this time mm. around. I don't know if that's a difference in what I expect out of games or what has happened in the interim couple of years, but I felt lonelier. I wanted more. I wanted to be with people. And to the game's credit, there are systems in place that let you match make with other people. There's, in fact, uh, you'll get notifications of like, hey, somebody's in trouble and they need friends, need help. 
And you can just hop into a random person's mission because they're running into trouble and they can like call for help. And so can you, uh, I, I love all that stuff. They make it very easy to play with people you don't know. And I did play a, a few missions with people I didn't know, Okay, but the game is so much better playing with people you do know on sure. comms and, and doing the whole thing. Um, I don't know how, I, I don't know which game I would suggest. Division two black Friday. The, the game's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. It's going to go down in price. You don't need to jump in right now. It's going to be there You're for you. Wait no, I actually, well, wait for a sale. Wait for a sale. But you know it's what? It's going to go on sale. I it's saw gonna be great. the Division 1 and like all the DLC was on sale a couple weeks ago for like 10 bucks. Great game. Maybe I'll it is mm, a great game. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do something like that. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it because I need a game I can pause because kids. But Oh yeah, you can't pause it. That that is true. Yeah. I don't think you can pause any of these yeah, games. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm reluctant. You but you guys are talking. You're like, you're talking me into it. It sounds really fun. Okay, Diablo 3 on Switch. Uh, you can pause that game? You, you, I think yeah, so. Yeah, you can put it in the sleep mode. Yeah, put I, it to sleep. I already have it. Yeah. Hmm. I played Fair a lot enough. of that game. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. All right. So, uh, moving on from the Division 2. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about it a lot because it's, it's, I'm proposing to it. Oh, can I do one last thing? It's a Ubisoft thing too. I keep thinking about it. again. I this it's a you're gonna love this game, especially if you like the first one. Uh, within two seconds, I heard two f bombs. Like Ubisoft, I get it. Where it's immature. Like, come on, it's really mature. <laughs> it's really mature. Yeah. All right, we can move on. But it was like literally like starting a mission. They're like, get the expletive over the expletive already, and I was like, thanks Ubisoft, welcome home. You, gotta, <laughs> you have to get over the f. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Uh, all right, let me uh, thank our uh, other sponsor, and that is Quip. Quip. We got to brush our teeth, folks. Uh, you got to brush your teeth. You brush your teeth. How often do you brush your teeth? How many of us even do it properly? Often enough. Do you use a regular old tooth- toothbrush? Do you use an electric toothbrush? Let me tell you about Quip. Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. It was designed to make brushing your teeth a more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable process. Uh, I haven't had a chance to try a Quip yet. I'm excited to. But uh, the reason I'm excited to is because it has sensitive sonic vibrations that are gentle on your gums. Oftentimes, uh, when people go into the dentist, dentists will say that people are brushing too rough. You're actually destroying your gums by brushing too hard. We always feel like, oh, I'm going to the dentist. I got to brush super hard or else they're going to get mad at me. No, that's not necessary. It's all about being gentle, but being thorough. And the way you can be thorough with the quip is it's got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds. So people like brush for a couple seconds and be done, spit out the, you know, spit out the toothpaste and go on their day. They don't spend enough time. Quip tells you how long you should do it. It reminds you by pulsing, which is pretty cool. I think 90% of people don't spend enough time brushing. You go hard and fast when you should be going gentle and thorough. And uh, they have a they have a multi-use cover that mounts to your mirror. Pretty darn cool. And the best part, the, the other big thing that people don't do correctly with, uh, with brushes is that you keep the same toothbrush for too long and it becomes uh, basically useless because the bristles – have worn out. And the thing with Quip is brush heads are automatically delivered to you on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. That's awesome. So 
It takes care of all the things to make sure you are brushing better. I'm so excited to try one of these. Um, they are backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. And Quip starts at just 25 bucks. And if you go to getquip.com slash DLC now, you can get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash DLC. Okay, so this week, uh, not too long ago on the show, I uh, really raved about a game called Typo Man, uh, which I played on Switch. It's available on iOS as well. I think maybe on Android. Uh, fun game that combined platforming with words. And this week, a new game came out on Switch, and I got a torrent of tweets, emails. There was, I think, uh, some sort of skywriting from one of you <laughs> out there. Many, many, many of you said, Jeff, you have to try Baba is You. This, there's never been a game more made for you. You have to try Baba is You. I got so many emails and tweets from people. Jeff, have you tried Baba is You yet? Oh, you're going to love it. Try Baba is You. And I have to say, in my best Harrison Ford voice, it's true. All of it. All of it. It's true. I love Baba is You. Yes, it feels like it was made for me. Uh, and, and for the next, I don't know, however many minutes, uh, I'm about to go a little overboard on telling you how glorious a game Baba is You is. And I have all of you to think because this game was not on my radar. So every one of you that sent me an email or a tweet about Baba is You, thank you. Uh, and hopefully those of you that were like me, that weren't aware of it, now will be. Because here we are, March, and I already have two games, two Switch games, not by Nintendo, two indie Switch games that are on my top five of the year already. Uh, Ape Out and Baba is You. So this game, yeah, it's serious game of the year contender for me. Not much to look at, not a pretty game, but clever and brilliant. Uh, it is a puzzle game. It, I guess it has some similar DNA to typo man, but only because it has words on the screen. This game actually, I think has more in common with portal than uh, anything else. It feels like what if typo man and portal had a baby kind of deal. Uh, the idea with Baba is you, which is a terrible title until you play the game for literally four seconds and you go, Oh, I understand why that is the title. Baba is a, uh, is a, a sheep. I think it's, very crude graphics in this game, but it looks a little bit like a sheep. So Baba, if you understand, um, and it is you. And the reason that you know it is you is because there's a little text box on the screen, little little squares of text that say Baba, and then another one says is, and then another one says you. And you go, oh, okay, Baba is you, which means you control Baba, right? But each of those text squares is movable. So if you move Baba away from is you, if you literally move your little Baba guy, click, 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 and there's a little 2D surface, little moving square by square. If you navigate Baba around and push Baba away from is and you, Baba isn't you anymore. And you no longer are able to move Baba and you're stuck because no one is, you are nothing and the game's over. So there are other things in the game. There are, uh, there are other objects and things. There's rocks. So you could, if you saw the saw a rock in the in the in, in the level, there would be the word rock as a little square. And if you pushed that little square that says rock over and pushed it down and moved it 
where Baba was in the phrase Baba is you, then it says Rock is you. And now you're the rock and you're moving. You're not Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but you're moving a rock around the screen. This sounds awesome. It is incredible. It is brilliant. Okay. So basically what I'm trying to to, uh, explain is the rules of the game are in every level. The rules of that level are the level. You are literally manipulating the rules of the game to progress. Each level and like kind of like Portal, each level is a bespoke little world that you have to solve. So they'll say something like it'll say something Baba is you, flag is win. So that means you have to make Baba touch the flag in order to win. But it'll also say maybe rock is push. So that means you can push a rock. So maybe you want to move the words around so that it says rock is win. And then if you can't get to the flag, but you can get to the rock and you can change the rules of the world into the fact that rock is win, then just touching rock means you win. And it gets much more complicated from there. You get and so, you know, Baba and rock is you. So now you're moving Baba and rock at the same time. Uh, all kinds of things. So you can literally like, it'll say wall is stop because that's how walls work. If you run into a wall, you stop, but the rule is in the game world. And if you move stop away from that sentence, it just says wall is then all of a sudden walls don't stop you. You can walk right through them. Or maybe you make it say wall is you. So you literally move all the walls of the level around. Okay. I've got to play this game. <laughs> it, dude it's genius it is the kind of game, one of the reasons i i compare it to uh portal is i think all of us that played portal remember how brilliant that game made you yeah, feel there's a lot of aha you know? moments right you but you feel like you did it and you feel like oh my god i broke the game and i figured out how to do it. even if that was like the intended solution it always felt like you discovered it and nobody else discovered this way to do it. I, I figured it out and I am, I feel so confident that with Baba is you, I beat a couple of levels in ways they didn't think I should be able to, but they probably did, right? This probably was the only solution, but it made me feel like I thought outside the box to such an extent that I broke the game and, 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 you know, cheated my way to winning the level, but that was probably the intended solution, Right. Right. And there are dozens and dozens and dozens of levels. They get super complex, super brain breaking ways that you are. It limits you in all kinds of ways. This is a game where you can move a couple of times and, uh, and you already ruined it. You can't possibly win after those few moves, but it has another wonderful feature. Literally one button is devoted to rewinding. So you can tap back through each move, move, move infinitely and rewind step by step and undo all the things you've done. So you can constantly experiment, try things, die, rewind. It doesn't matter. The game is wants you to try things, wants you to mess with stuff. It is brilliant brilliant i wish it looked a little cooler because you look at screenshots of baba is you and you're like what 
this is this looks goofy but man is it a brilliant puzzle game i've never seen anything like it it kind of reminds me a little bit of like scribble knots i'm I'm looking at it now yeah i see what you're saying uh i mean not not graphically but just sort of how scribble knots was it just had this sort of free form playing with language thing uh which hypo man had a little bit but this is just blowing that all kinds of ways out of the water and Scribble Nuts um, had that thing Baba where you- it, there were cool stories being told by people. Oh my god, I was fighting a dinosaur and I summoned like I summoned the car and then a car with like an elevator and I yeah, like it's just that those stories really carry the game, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you don't really have that with Baba is you because it's a puzzle game, right? You're trying to figure it out and I have spent a long time just staring at a, a level going, "How how, what do I do? How? And then you find, you figure it out and you go, Oh yes, I am brilliant. When of course you aren't brilliant. You just figured it out. The solution that they had, but, and it feels like if you just feel like a genius when you come to the, to the right conclusion with these, with this game, I, I can't recommend this higher for anybody that enjoys puzzle games. Uh, it, it's nothing like anything I've ever played. It is, it, it's a completely different kind of experience. Baba is you, Playing it on Switch, it's fifteen bucks. Buy it, buy it. It'll probably be on my best games of the year list at the end mm. of the year. And I, I, I'm still discovering new things because I'm by no means uh, finished with it. Christian, had you had you heard about Baba as you? I had heard of it, and I also mostly saw, I, you know, occasionally people are yelling at you, and then they ping me to make sure that I yell at you also. So that's <laughs> <laughs> that's how I saw it. It. I don't know if my headspace is ready for it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I'm gearing up for, I'm still gearing up for The Division. I'm gearing up for Mortal Kombat 11. I'm gearing up for Rage 2. Like, I have this thing in my head, and I don't know if I'm quite so ready Baba for it. So, Baba is not you, is what you're saying. Uh, not, not yet. yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't wait for more people to to play this game. I, it's 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 pretty cool. Okay. That's Baba is you. Uh, we did get a listener suggested um, a review. I, I always say that if there's a game that you're playing that we haven't talked about, or a game that you wish we talked about more or in a different way, we're open to you submitting mini reviews to us. You can always submit those to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, we got one from Casey. He sent one. Uh, it goes like this He says, I have a review for an older game. I've been playing a ton of recently. Jeff, I thought you may be interested as it, as it is a game created by Zachtronics, the same developer as the programming puzzler game Opus Magnum that you revered. I did revere it. I still do. Opus Magnum is great. I stumbled upon Infinity Factory. Infinity Factory. Infinity Factory. On the PlayStation Store and was instantly intrigued when I saw it was developed by Zachtronics. Infinifactory is in the same vein as their other games, a sandbox programming-oriented puzzler in which you must, must create increasingly complex assembly lines using a combination of conveyor belts, welders, pushers, sensors, and more to assemble an object out of smaller elements. There are an infinite number of solutions to any given puzzle, and the game tracks certain metrics to tell you how elegant your solution is compared to the average. All the while, it presents a kooky story in which you learn you are a captive human abducted by an alien race building nefarious objects for them. (laughs) This game gives you massive satisfaction when you finally watch your assembly line in motion after having spent hours designing and testing it. For anyone that is a fan of puzzle games, or maybe more accurately, problem-solving games, 
This is a must play in my opinion. Thanks for all you do guys. Thank you, Casey. Uh, Zachtronics is interesting. You say, uh, you know, they, when talking about him, my understanding is Zachtronics is one dude, one guy, Zach, right. <laughs> and, uh, he's got quite a bit of a cult following and there's no, there's no wonder why his games are really cool. They're all in that sort of puzzle, um, open solution idea where, uh, it really is any number of ways to do a thing, but sort of creating these little, uh, machines that do it. Opus Magnum is gorgeous and wonderful and satisfying in a number of ways. I haven't played Infinifactory, but, um, it makes me want to, uh, very cool. Thanks for sending in the review. All right. Uh, let's wrap the show up now. We do have our parting gift coming up. But Mark DeSanto, thank you so much for being here, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people keep up with you and all the stuff that you do online? Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at HeyMarkD. And uh, also you can take out, check out my YouTube channel. It's I Eat Games. And uh, next week I should have a bunch of Sekiro stuff going up. I am really jazzed mm. for that game. Very excited for it. And the hits just keep on coming. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, man, that game looks really interesting. I, I'm not, I, how are you guys in the Dark Souls games? I can't remember if you're huge fans or... I don't think either of us are what you would consider huge fans, but uh, we've dabbled and I've, I've played uh, quite a bit of Dark Souls 2. But um, yeah, I'm not, not a huge Souls okay. guy. Well, this is the departure from that, so it's going to be fun to see what they do with it. For sure. All right, Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Twitter's the best way. Uh, if you're in LA, I'm doing maybe two spots uh, when this comes out Monday. That's, I'm thinking it's Sunday. Uh, when this comes out at the Comedy Store. If you're in LA and you're listening to this right now, go to the Comedy Store. I might be on stage. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to be in San Diego. I'm trying to think of things that I know in advance. I'm going to be in San Diego on March 30th, um, doing two shows down there. Um, my brain is totally blanking out right now. Uh, Twitter's the best way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, to find out about that. Uh, but March 30th, I'll be in San Diego. I think I'm going back down again in April. Um, I don't know if when I'm out of LA other than that. And then I stream this show uh, live pretty much every Sunday at 7.15 p.m. Pacific time on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. Uh, Brainworks, March 30th. I'm going to be at Madhouse for two shows in San Diego. And then I don't know the date right top of my head, but I believe in April, I'm going to be at Lestat's um, headlining that on a Tuesday. But I'll tweet about it so you can find it there. Jeff, what about you? Well, you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, you can send emails to this show if you have any comments or questions or quick questions, anything anything that you have to share with us. We'd appreciate seeing it over at DLC Feedback at gmail.com. And I have another podcast. If you're into movies and TV shows and you want to hear me talking about that stuff, I do so over on the Slash Filmcast, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts or by going to SlashFilmcast.com. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Mark, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? You know, actually I do. Um, so about a year ago, I got an instant pot. Um, 
I'm. Mm, I've heard good things about. Yeah, these things. so I'm the cook in the family. I love to cook, and I love to experiment and try new recipes and meals and stuff like that. Because um, cooking the same thing over and over is boring. But um, also the method at which you cook uh, that also can be boring sometimes. But um, it's interesting because I didn't think it would have. I, I didn't think I would use it as much as I do. But I've had it for a year, like I said, and I cook with it almost every night. So for me, simple things like the other night, I was going to serve some chicken on the side. Uh, and so because you can sear the chicken in the same pot that you're going to pressure cook it, it sort of eliminates how many dishes you need to prep and to cook. Um, and it keeps it all in one pot and you can get chicken cooked. Well, so you set the timer for like four minutes, but it does need to build up pressure, which takes time. So, I mean, it's not. It is not instant by any means, but it is faster. And um, I love it. I mean, there's a lot of really good recipe um, books out there for like healthy instant pot um, uh, recipes and stuff. And I have found something to be so good. There's one dedicated to my current favorite cuisine, which is Indian food. And uh, I highly recommend it for anybody. If if you're, if you want something new in the kitchen, Believe the hype. It's awesome. So that's, uh, yeah. Instant pot. Do you have a particular brand you recommend? Or? No, instant pot is the brand. By the way, oh, it yeah, should be no. called Instapot, but it's actually instant pot, but we still call it an Insta pot in my house. Mm. But yeah. Well, I got that all kinds of wrong. Well, but no, I mean, to be fair to you, there are actually a lot of other, um, like instant pot that have come out since like, there's one, I think it's called the Ninja and it actually has like, I think it has like no 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 Mark those are they're working on Ubisoft oh that's a, the oh that's a streamer yeah. that's right yeah oh, or a streamer oh, right. for yeah yeah, yeah. I did pay a million dollars for that instant <laughs> <laughs> one day anyway there's a bunch of different brands um and I love it so I I highly recommend cool. that it has made my life easy. instant, instant pot. pot what about you nice. guys Christian Spicer what is your parting gift? It's like uh, Baba is You, Jeff, where everyone had told me I would love this book, and I kept being like, yeah, 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 I'm sure I'm going to love it. I am listening to it at Console Wars. Holy oh, crikey. Yeah. It is so – it is incredible. And yes, I'm a kid who grew up you know, playing in the era of the SNES and Genesis, but it's all about that, the battle of, of the 16-bit wars and – where Nintendo was dominating the market in 8-bit and then Sega's rise, uh, mostly in America. And just the history of video games and the way this book presents it, it is fascinating. And the way things that we take for granted today were just kind of happenstance of the era or the way things happened before, not that long ago in the grand scheme of things from where we are today. I cannot recommend this game enough. I believe it, it's been optioned to be a film. Uh, what did game? I say? game this book about games this book console wars about all these games i cannot recommend it enough and if you were like me and you kept putting it off saying like yeah 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 i'll get to it find the time read it or listen to it it is phenomenal and i think even if you didn't grow up in the era i still think you'll be captivated by it i can't promise that because you know that's not my experience but i love it i absolutely love it console wars it is a book I can vouch for that and the fact that Christian has numerous times like, oh, Jeff, I read this part of Culture Wars. You're not going to believe this. It blows my mind every listen. It blows my – it's so good. And the audiobook is really well done as well. Cool. 
Console Wars, the book. Uh, we got a listener-suggested parting gift. This comes to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This one comes from Ben Miller, Ben J. Miller. Uh, ben says, greetings. I would like to recommend an amazing podcast as a parting gift. The show is called Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People or Beautiful Anonymous for short. It is a relatively simple premise where an anonymous caller calls in and has a one-on-one conversation with comedian Chris Gethard about anything and everything going on in their lives for one hour. There are episodes that are heartwarming, tragic, funny, and everything in between. Some of the best episodes to listen to are episode one, titled Ron Paul's Baby, and episode 69, titled Love is Everywhere, but all of them are worth listening to. This is one of the few shows that really embodies your message of think of what you put out into the world, make it a better place. Chris does an amazing job of listening to real stories from real people and is my favorite weekly podcast besides DLC, of course. Uh, you can find the full episode catalog on Stitcher, but the most recent shows are all on po- are on all podcast platforms. Love the show and keep up the great work. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I think it's a particularly good week to talk about things that make the world a better place. And, and Gethard's great. Gethard's yeah. great. So again, that's called um, Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. Um, my parting gift is uh, the fourth season of a show I am certain I have talked about before in previous seasons, but it's the fourth and final season for Catastrophe, which uh, just uh, just started on um, Amazon Prime streaming, where it lives. Uh, Catastrophe is a really funny show, darkly funny uh, it's about a couple that has a one night stand and that results in a baby. And then they sort of have to have a life together, uh, move, uh, to, you know, the, the guy who's an American moves to England and, uh, starts a life there. And it's, it's, uh, darkly funny. I mean, these people are kind of mean to each other, but my goodness, I really enjoy the show. My wife and I both like it. Um, it deals with some real stuff, alcoholism, depression, uh, you know, how hard it is being a parent, lots of stuff. Uh, but I, I recommend it. I think you'll like it. It's called catastrophe. I recommend starting with season one, but the fourth and final season has just premiered on Amazon. Hmm. You said it's funny though. It okay. is very funny. We need it's a comedy. So maybe we'll check it out. We need something. It is uh it's a, it's a dark comedy. It's a dark, but it's funny. It's uh it's quite funny. I mean, if you want something lighter last week, I, I think I recommended uh, working moms which is another one that's great for parents to watch because it's, it's, it's much lighter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but Netflix. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Mark Santo and Christian Spice for hanging out yeah. with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us in real time, making the show better. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L, Sean Madigan and zero star for those cool bumpers. And thanks to you for downloading the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, Next week will be exciting. Uh, We'll be talking about GDC stuff. So be back for that. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.